Daniel chapter one, as Daniel and the Jewish people were taken from Jerusalem and they were brought over to the country of what? Babylon. They were brought to Babylon to serve in the Babylonian captivity. And before we start our Bible lesson today, why don't we bow our heads and close our eyes and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your word. And I ask that your Holy Spirit would speak to our hearts, that if any of these kids don't know you as their Savior, they'll start to understand their need for you and be ready to receive you as their Savior. Lord, I pray that you would help us to grow, help us to learn to trust you more. And I pray that you would speak to us through your word and that you would help us to learn the things that you want us to learn from Daniel chapter 2 today. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So in Daniel chapter 2, we start with King Nebuchadnezzar. And I've got a question. How many of you have ever had a bad dream? Okay, When when you have a bad dream, what's some of the things you do? Do you wake up laughing going, oh, that was so funny. That was such a great bad dream. Now, what happens when you have a bad dream? You wake up, yeah, you wake up and you cry. What else? What, Creed? Exactly. Exactly. Okay, you get goosebumps. But what happens if you're a big, mean, ugly king and you don't have a daddy to climb into his bed anymore? Well, King Nebuchadnezzar was the big, bad, and ugly king. And he had a bad dream. In fact, he had not one, but he had that bad dream more than once. And he woke up and he tried to go back to sleep, but he couldn't go back to sleep. And he, he, he opened his eyes and he'd think about what that bad dream was, but he had a big problem. He couldn't even remember what his dream was, but he knew it was a bad one. He knew it was really freaky. And he just, he couldn't figure out what in the world he had been dreaming. And he knew that dream was so weird, it had to mean something. Well, he was trying to figure out what that dream meant. I have crazy dreams sometimes, and I have determined that my dreams don't usually mean anything because the other day, oh, she's not even in here. The other day, Miss Abby Poteet and I were in my dream, and we were running from bad guys in the desert. And I found a couch and I hid her under the couch from the bad guys. And they were Muslim guys chasing us on, on like camels or something out in the middle of the desert. I don't know why I dreamed about a desert and all that. Kind of, but they start shooting at her and they're, <laughs> they're shooting. And I get her under the couch and boy, the bullets can't get to her. And I'm back behind the couch. And all of a sudden I look up on the top of the sand dune and it's my grandma's house in Mississippi. And the door was open. And so I said, Abby, ready, run. And Abby and I go run. And we ran into my grandma's house and slammed the door behind us. And we were safe. I woke up the next day and I was actually woke up singing that song um, that we sang this morning. Now more than ever. Yeah, we needed God in that dream, but that dream didn't mean anything. But Nebuchadnezzar, he thought that his dream must mean something. So he got up and he went into his throne room in the middle of the night and he called for all of his wise men and his magicians and his Chaldeans. His Chaldeans, they were a special class of really smart men. The magicians, these were men, they could look at the stars and they could read signs and wonders and do magic tricks for the king. They were really amazing. The king thought, but all they did was worship stars. And I mean, what they did was basically worshiping the devil. I mean, they weren't good guys. They weren't even as smart as the king thought. 
because he called him into his throne room. And he said, I had a dream. I've had dreams. And boy, they're messing with my mind. I'm just so upset about them and I can't sleep anymore. So I want you to tell me about them. They said, okay, king, will you tell us what you dreamed? And we'll tell you what it means. Boy, that made him mad. I don't remember my dream, he said. I want you to tell me the dream and then tell me what it means. Has he gone crazy? Do you think we can know? And so they start telling the king, king, we can't know your dream. But if you'll tell us what you dreamed, we'll tell you what it means. And he got really mad. He said, you're just wasting my time. He said, I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. You're trying to just take up time so you can make up a dream in your head. And then you can all make up and agree on what the dream means. And then you're going to lie to me and you're going to trick me. He said, you tell me right now. If you don't tell me right now, I'm going to take you out. And I'm going to chop you up into little bitty pieces and kill you dead. And then we're going to take your house. And when we clean out my stables, we're going to throw all of the horse poop on your house. He was a very spoiled king. And I don't know why, but he liked turning people's houses into a dung pile, the Bible says. And that's where when you clean out the stables, that's where you're going to pile up all the yucky stuff out of the stable floor. And so... The king threatened them. He said, but if you'll tell me what I dreamed and if you'll tell me what it means, I'll give you lots of great prizes and awards and it's going to be really good for you. I'll honor you and make you somebody great in the kingdom. They said, king, there is no other king anywhere that would ask his servants to do something like this because no magicians, no Chaldeans, no sorcerers, none of us could tell you the dream. This is unreasonable. No other king would ask this. And he got so mad, he lost his temper. And he said, every one of you are going to be taken out and killed right now. And he told Arioch, one of his servants, he said, you go get them all. You get all the wise men and you take them all out tonight. You chop them up in little bitty pieces and kill them dead and make their houses a dunghill. So he took all those magicians out. I'm sure some of them were crying. Some of them were screaming. Some of them were mad, begging for mercy. Whatever the case, they all got taken out. And then they started going house to house to get all the other wise men. Well, for some reason, Daniel wasn't in there that night. Daniel was at his house and they went to Daniel's house and they knocked on the door and they said, come on, Daniel, it's time to go. He said, where are we going? They said, oh, we've got to take you out and we got to chop you up in little bitty pieces and make your house a dunghill. Daniel said, what, why, why, what in the world? This came out of nowhere. Why all of a sudden in the middle of the night, are we all taken out to be killed? And he said, well, because the king had a dream and he can't tell, nobody can tell him the dream. Nobody can tell him what it means. And so Daniel said, but wait, 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 wait. I've got a plan. He said, my God knows secrets. And my God is the God who can tell secrets. You see those wise men. And those magicians and those sorcerers and those Chaldeans, they had told Nebuchadnezzar, they said the only people, well, not people, the only ones who know your dream and could tell us what it means are the gods. They worshiped a lot of gods in Babylon. And they said, the gods know, but the gods don't live with us. No, a false god doesn't live with people because he's not real. But our God, what's one of his names? 
Emmanuel, which means Emmanuel is what? God with us. And so as God's people, God lives with us. And Daniel knew. What did Jeremiah 33.3 say? Call unto me, and I will say it with me, call unto me, and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Daniel knew he could ask God this secret, and if God wanted to, he could tell him. So Daniel asked Arioch, he said, would you please give us time? Let me appeal to the king. So he made an appeal, and the king agreed they would let them take some time that night to see if their God would tell them. So Daniel ran back to his house and told his three friends, Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael, which we know as who? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And he told the three guys, he said, we got to pray because they want to kill us tonight because nobody can tell the secret. And so we've got to pray and ask God to tell us the dream. So they got on their knees and they started calling on the Lord. Now, why would they do that? What was our memory verse again? Say it with me. Jeremiah 33, 3. Call unto me and I will and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Now, it was pretty amazing. These four guys got on their knees and they started praying. They said, God, you're the one who reveals secrets. You can tell us, but we have to have your mercy. So they asked God for mercy. And do you know what Daniel did? Do you think he got up and started hollering at God? Do you think he got up and started making up a language so that God would listen better? Do you think he fell down on the floor barking like a dog? Some people do that in churches and call it praying. Do you think Daniel did that? Do you think Daniel went out in the streets and started cutting himself and begging God to listen to him? No, some of the faults, some of those people in those days, they would do that to try to get their gods to listen. But did Daniel have to do that? No, he got on his knees and he prayed. And then he went to sleep. Now, if you were about to be killed, do you think you would lay down and go to sleep? Oh, they're going to kill us in a minute if we don't tell them the dream. I think I'll take a nap. You know what this tells us about Daniel? It shows us that he trusted God. Daniel got on his knees and he asked God to tell him the secret. And then he went to sleep. Why? Because he trusted God. Now you say, I don't know. How do we know Daniel went to sleep? The Bible does not say, and then Daniel went to sleep. It's because of what the Bible says next. It said that God spoke to Daniel in a night vision. And in the Old Testament, when the words night vision were used, that meant that the person was asleep. Daniel trusted God so much that after he prayed, he laid down and went to sleep. You know what? You and I are really trusting God when we pray, when we can have peace in our hearts. Have any of us ever prayed? I know us adults all have. We pray and we ask God to do something. And then we say, oh yeah, I'm trusting God. But then we're still worrying and our tummy still hurts because we're, we're worrying about it so much and our stomach's upset. And then we got to take pills because we got acid reflux because we're worrying so much and we're all stressed out about it. And why are we stressed out? We may have prayed, but we didn't really trust God. But when Daniel got through praying, he went to sleep. Why? Because, oh, I've given it to God. It's his problem now. If we get dead, it's God's problem. So Daniel laid down and went to sleep. 
And while he was sleeping, God came to Daniel and God told Daniel what the king's dream was. And he told him what it meant. And then Daniel woke up. And when Daniel woke up and he realized, oh, wow, I know the dream. I know the dream. And I know what it means. I know what it means. He woke up shattering me, shaking a bed and go, I know what it means. I know what it means. I can go tell the king. But before he went, he wrote a song to praise God. And the song he wrote was a prayer. Let me read it here. Daniel wrote and said, blessed be the name of God forever and ever for wisdom and might are his. And he changeth the times and the seasons. He removeth kings and setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. He revealeth the deep and secret things. He knoweth what is in the darkness and the light dwelleth with him. I thank thee and praise thee, O thou God of my fathers, who has given me wisdom and might and has made known unto me now what we desired of thee. You told me what we asked for. For thou hast now made known unto us the king's matter. And when he got through praising God, he ran out and he got Arioch. And he said, Arioch, Mr. Arioch, Mr. Arioch, I know the dream. Take me to the king. And so he took him in to the king. Well, he got in before the king and he started telling the king, oh, great king, because God had called him a great king. And so Daniel agreed with him. And so he told him, he said, I know the dream. God has told me the dream tonight. He said, but God didn't tell me the dream because I'm wiser than anybody else. It's not because I'm smarter than everybody else. He said, but God called, told me, for the sake of those who asked him. In other words, God told because we prayed. What did our memory verse say? Call unto me and I will answer thee. He said, God called for the sake of, God answered for the sake of those who are telling you right now. Meaning all of us servants who are about to be killed, God's telling you about your dream to save our lives. And then he said, he's also telling us so that you'll know. Because he, and right before that, he told the king, he said, God wants you, Nebuchadnezzar, to know what's going to happen in the last days. So he said, great king, here is your dream. Are you ready? You sure? I mean, it's a nightmare. Or Dan, uh, Nebuchadnezzar thought it was. Let's see. He said, you saw a statue. And it was huge. It was great. It was amazing. And it was really, really big. And it reached way up into the sky. And he said, you looked at that statue and all of a sudden he, he said that that head was made out of gold and the arms and chest was made out of silver. And then the middle part was made out of, um, out of bronze. And then the legs were made out of bra of, um, sorry, iron. And then the feet were made of iron mixed with clay, which wasn't a very good idea. Cause that was like, that was so weak. That whole big tall statue on that weak foundation. It wasn't a very well built statue. And he said, but you saw this huge statue. And all of a sudden, there was a huge rock that got cut off of a mountain. Nobody cut it. There were no hands. But all of a sudden, this big rock just broke off of the mountain and comes flying down and hits the statue in the feet. And it hits them in those feet. 
that were iron mixed with clay. And it made the whole statue start crumbling and all of it fell apart. And he said, it just fell to pieces. He said, it was like chaff that, that gets caught up by the wind. In other words, we could say it this way. It was just like all of a sudden the gold and the silver and the bronze, all of that stuff turned into powder. And it was like the wind blew and just, whoosh. he said, they all dissolved into nothing. He said, but then that rock that had come down and hit it in the feet and made the whole thing collapse, that rock turned into a mountain and that mountain covered the whole earth. That's right. Yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, that was my dream. But what does it mean? Daniel said, well, oh, great king, here is the meaning. He said, that head of gold is you. It's your kingdom. God gave you this kingdom and it's a great kingdom. And all the people of the earth and all the animals that live on the earth, they're all under your power. They're all under your authority because at that time in history, Nebuchadnezzar's city of Babylon, his kingdom of Babylon was great. It was huge and it was the most powerful kingdom on earth. So he says, you're the most powerful one on earth today. He said, but the next part of the statue that is made out of silver, the chest and the arms. Oh, that's another empire that's going to rise. They're going to come after you, but they won't be as great. They'll be great, but not as great as yours. Well, we know in history that that second kingdom that Daniel was talking about was the Medo-Persian empire. It had two arms. Why? Because there were two different countries that came together, made this great power, and they came in, and it was them that came in and took over the kingdom of Babylon and uh, killed Nebuchadnezzar's grandson and would take over the kingdom, and they would be the second world power of the Gentile people. Anybody know what a Gentile is? The Jewish, uh, what? what? A person who's not a Jew. That's right. A Jew is a descendant of Abraham and all the rest of us that aren't, we are Gentiles. So these are kingdoms of the Gentiles. First, the Babylonian kingdom, then the Medo-Persian empire. And then he said, the next part, the belly and thighs, he said of brass. He said, that's Greece. They'll be a great nation as well. And what's our New Testament? What's it originally written in? Greek the language of the Greeks. It was a great world empire. But then he said, there's going to be another, and there's two legs for this one, Rome. And Rome eventually split and ended up two different great kingdoms. But first of all, they were one powerful kingdom. And he said, they're made out of iron because anything that iron hits, iron breaks it into pieces. He said, this nation's going to be powerful and they will break other nations and they will bruise. Well, do you remember what God said about the serpent. What would the serpent do to Jesus' heel? Anybody remember? That he would bruise his heel. So that, that Jesus would crush the devil's head, but that the devil, the serpent, was going to bruise his heel. Well, what country do you think that God used that would crucify the Messiah? It would be Rome. Rome crushed other nations. Rome took over the world. But at the same time, Rome's the one who would execute the Messiah. And when Jesus died on the cross, 
in our place, to take our place, to take our punishment on the cross. It was the Roman Empire that would carry out his execution. But then at the bottom, there would be the feet. Those feet seemed to mean that they were going to come out of that ancient Roman Empire one day, but it was a kingdom that hasn't yet come to be. We're assuming there were 10 toes to the feet, because how many feet? How, How many toes are usually on one foot? Five. And how many feet did the statue have? It had two. Well, in the book of Revelation, we find that there were 10 kings came together to form, will one day come together to form the Antichrist kingdom and will try to rule over the world. But he said, there's a problem with these kingdoms that are going to come. He said, these 10 kingdoms are going to have trouble getting along. He said, because if you take Mario clay and you take iron and you start mixing them all together, he said, they're not really going to stick together well. And he said, these kingdoms are going to be like that. He said, they're going to try to make one great kingdom, but they're not going to get along. They're going to have trouble. They're going to fight. It's not going to work. He said, but these are the things that's going to happen. He said, and in the days of this kingdom, in the days that this kingdom is trying to rule the world, he said, in that day, the rock will come. Well, who is the rock? Jesus is the rock. He didn't tell him his name right there. Daniel, God was still keeping that a secret from Nebuchadnezzar, but he told him that the rock would come and the rock would destroy the other kingdoms and there would be no other kingdom to take over. Because after Babylon was another kingdom, right? The Medo-Persian empire. After the Medo-Persians was the Greeks. And then after the Greeks was the Romans. And after the Romans will be this other great world power. But he said, when God sets up his kingdom, nobody else will take over it. His kingdom will last forever. And he said, this kingdom is going to just take over the whole world. That was the kingdom of God. You know what? Jesus is going to come back one day. Won't that be an awesome day when Jesus comes back? And one day he's going to set up his kingdom here on the earth, the Bible says, and he's going to rule and he's going to reign for a thousand years. That will be an awesome time of peace on the earth when God's kingdom comes. But let me ask you a question. Are you ready for Jesus to come back? When Jesus comes back, how will we be ready? We have to be saved, right? Our heart has to be washed with the blood of Jesus. Our sins has to be forgiven. We have to be God's child. And if we're God's child, if our sins have been forgiven, then we'll be ready when Jesus comes back. Well, King Nebuchadnezzar got so excited. He jumped up and he fell flat on the floor in front of Daniel. And he started worshiping Daniel and he said, y'all bring in some incense and start burning incense. This guy is amazing. But then listen what he told Daniel about his God. Says the king answered unto Daniel and said, of a truth it is that your God is the God of gods. He's the best God there is. And a Lord of kings. He's in charge of all the kings of the earth. And a revealer of secrets. He said, your God is the only one who reveals secrets. Seeing thou couldst reveal this secret. Well, then he made Daniel a great man and he gave him lots of great prizes and presents and he made him a ruler of Babylon. Do you think Daniel forgot about his friends? Who helped him pray that night? 
Well, who were his friends that prayed with him? Who said it down here? Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. He said, king. He said, I've got three friends and they helped me. They helped me pray. And so the king gave them awards as well. And he made them rulers of Babylon. What was the best thing that Daniel learned through this whole story? I mean, that was pretty cool, right? That, I mean, that that would be this kingdoms and God told him all about these Gentile kingdoms that would rule over the earth. That was all pretty amazing. But what was the most amazing thing of all? The rock. Who was the rock? Jesus. He was the most amazing part of the whole story. And how did they find out these secrets? When they did what? When they prayed. And you know what? If you've got a problem, you can always tell your mom, tell your dad, tell your grandma, tell your grandpa, tell your pastor. But who's the best person to tell? To tell God. That's right. Anytime we have a problem, the first person we should take it to is to Jesus. I used to know a little lady who was a missionary in Mexico. And she was a really funny lady. And we were helping. She ran an orphanage. And she'd walk around like this. She, everywhere she went, she went really, really fast. She'd go really fast. And one day, she lost her hammer. And I was helping with a project. Mr. Stephen was there. Mr. Stephen Nelson. We were helping her with a project. And this little lady, she couldn't find her hammer. And I could hear her. She's talking to somebody. I think she must be crazy because she's walking around talking to herself. And when I got close, I could hear she wasn't talking to herself. She said, Lord Jesus, I just don't know where I put my hammer. And these boys need this hammer to do this work. They're here trying to help today. And I just don't know where I put it. Lord, you know where the hammer is. Would you just show me where that? Oh, there it is. Thank you, Jesus. We needed that hammer. And you show me where the hammer was. Here you go, guys. Then a few minutes later, this guy walked up and he had stolen from her. He used to work for her and he, she had to fire him. Well, he came up and he was really sad. And he said, ma'am, I need money really bad. Would you hire me again? I just don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know if I can trust him again. I don't know if I should try to trust him again. And she walked over and she left him over there and she went over by herself. And she and she walked over to me and I don't remember. It may have been Mr. Steven. Somebody else was standing there with me. And she said, guys, this guy wants a job, but he lied to me and he's stolen from me in the past. So I had to fire him. I can't decide whether to hire him or not. So I've been praying about it. And Jesus told me to let the two of you guys make the decision on whether she's he's hired and again or not. So I'm going to go over here and whatever y'all decide I'll do. And she went over it. But anytime there was a problem that day, what did she do? She just talked to Jesus. Like he was standing right there. Like the puppets talked about earlier, just like he was her dad because he is her heavenly father. And so she talked to him and you and I can be the same way. When we have a problem, we talk to God about it. When we have a problem, we lift it up to him in prayer. So why don't we sing our new song again? Our prayer. Let's all stand up and we'll sing it through two times. <laughs> 